What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human beings too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how many years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual combo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. We are so grateful that you're here. So if you enjoy this podcast and want to connect further, we invite you to follow along on Instagram at what the actual fork pod and subscribe, rate and review our podcast so we can continue to share this message with more and more people. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork podcast. Sam and I have the sillies. We are so happy to be here today. How are you, Sam? I'm wonderful. You you saying that reminded me of this song. I don't know who sings it, but there's Miss Rachel. This, no, <laughs> it sounds like Miss Rachel. She sings everything in our house, but no, it somehow came, like Sienna loves "Shake It Off" by Taylor Swift, and of course she does. After like "Shake It Off," it came up, and it's called "Shake My Sillies Out," and it's like some, I think I know that. I think that's Coco Melon. Oh well, like the guy, the way that it comes up on our TV, it's like this like close-up of this like 50 year old dude <laughs> when it plays and it is so creepy but sienna loves that song um so you need to shake your sillies out jenna <laughs> i do have sillies because today was noah's first day of like preschool i guess you would call it um and i was an anxious disaster like the anxiety diarrhea mm. was all over me um and you got diarrhea all over you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like consuming me and it went really well. And I'm so proud of him. And I just feel like I was actually talking to one of my dietitian friends recently. And I think we've talked about this before you and me. I don't know if it's been on the podcast, but she actually called me when I was waiting in the parking lot to pick up Noah. And she's also an entrepreneur, has her own business. And she made a comment like, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm so, so good at being a mom and I'm so shitty at running my own business that like, I just want to like throw in the towel. And I was like, you know, what's so funny about that. I can go both ways. Like some days I feel like I am so inadequate adequate at being a mom. And I know I'm such a great fucking dietitian that I just want to like do that. And I bury myself in my work. And then other days it's like the complete opposite. I'm like, I'm crushing mom life. And this is where I want to spend all my energy. And like that brain duality has been such a teacher this pregnancy specifically. And I don't even know where that thought process came from. But when she said that to me when I was about to pick him up and then I could see his little face through the window, like for his first day of pickup. And then he ran to me when they opened the door. It was just like, huh. Sometimes you do feel like you can do both, but it's certainly not every day. (laughs) Well, that was such a beautiful thing to share. And you are an amazing mom and dietitian. (laughs) Yes, you are. And, but no, I totally relate to that of 
just, you only have so much to give. And I know we've definitely said this on the podcast before where we've somehow we're only giving Justin gets none of it. I was like, somehow it always goes 50, 50, 50% to work and 50% to our child. So nothing is left for Wait, our husband. There's like maybe 10% for the doggies. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. At the the end of the day, I'll just like rub Biggs's puppy belly. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. You're neglected. I said that to my mom yesterday. I literally begged my mom to come over and walk Quincy today because I knew I was going to be out all morning and then work through nap time. And I was like, he, somebody needs to walk him. I've been so mean to him lately. (laughs) Like, please. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I saw Cam Rogers covering that. I don't know if you saw her story the other day where people put in her question box, like, do you love your dog less ever after having a kid? Like, I'm so afraid of this. Like I'm pregnant right now. So real. And she did such a good job of explaining it where it's like, you don't love your dog less, but like you only have so much empathy and like stability basically throughout a day. Yes. And so like at the end of the day, you're trying to like not freak out on your kid and like stay calm and stay regulated. So then when the dog like licks you the wrong way, you're like, don't touch me. (laughs) Well, that was me yesterday when the doorbell was ringing and he loses his fucking mind. And I'm like trying to answer the door to have the guy come in to paint and then control Quincy. Noah's sleeping. Matt's on a call. It's like a fucking crazy house in here. And I like pulled Quincy back and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like I just can't take it anymore. (laughs) I can't do it. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's, A lot. It really is. And it's wonderful and it's beautiful. But I also really do think it's so important to normalize the feelings of like, you feel like you have to do it all and you really don't and you really shouldn't and nobody really does. And this was the conversation I had with this girl. So she was calling me for like work advice. So she's an entrepreneur and she's like, it looks like everything's like crushing it and like blah, blah. And I'm like, let me tell you how my business imploded literally six weeks ago when I was 30 weeks pregnant and the changes that I'm not going to discuss publicly on here and the changes that happened inside this business when I was literally preparing for a maternity leave and on vacation alone with my husband husband for two days out of the entire year. And 
it literally rocked me to my core, but I'm not sharing that publicly on social media. So I think it's like so important on this podcast and like the way that we share like the normalization of feelings and like shit that happens because no, I'm not going to share it to the 29, I can't seem to, or 26.9 thousand followers on Instagram. I can't seem to get to that 27. So help me out here, people. Um, Hit that follow button up and down <laughs> happy strong oh, my healthy TikTok. rd my, <laughs> my tiktok count is just going down down but down like isn't that is- wild because so is mine and i'm like my videos have never performed better and i'm actively losing followers <laughs> like what's happening oh <laughs> uh, well i'm actually so glad you're bringing this up because i forget <laughs> i think it was last night or two nights ago i got triggered like very triggered by an unnamed account where they were talking about being a mom and an entrepreneur and the amount, you of know, money I'm not even going to, I'm oh, not yeah. going to no, say it. it. <laughs> oh, I think I said it to you because I was like, help. Um, and I was just like, and I was like, how can I not recognize that I need to catch this and not let myself go down this hole? But I started I don't even want to say comparing. It was more just like, I'm failing. Like, I'm not doing enough with momming and entrepreneurship. And I was like, what it's the fuck? It's a negative feedback loop that's so easy to get caught in. Because it's all you it do, yeah. right? It's all you do as a human is you're working and you're seeing other people working, quote unquote. And then there's no downtime, right? So like the second work is done you're a mom. I mean, you're always a mom because you have your, you're looking at your phone waiting for daycare to call, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was at a coffee shop, quote unquote, this morning with my phone right here, just in case like Noah hit somebody and they were going to kick him out. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I got a call the other day. I woke up from acupuncture. Like every time I go to acupuncture, I have to text Luke like, good night. Like in case daycare Give calls. Give me one hour. And I'm like the first parent they call. And I woke up to a voicemail from collage. And I, but the fact that Luke didn't text me, I'm like, okay, they didn't call him next. So like, it can't be that urgent. And it was like, hi, this is Sienna's teacher. She's fine. She fell on the playground and busted her lip open. It only bled for 10 seconds. <laughs> oh my God. I have like PTSD. Is she okay? <laughs> oh, I was like, oh my. Okay. Right. See, this is the difference is my child's been going to take care for a while. So I'm like, oh my God, thank God. I don't have to go get her. That was my first thought. Like I'm a terrible mother. Um, but I was like, oh my God, thank God. Because usually it's like, she has a fever. You have to come get her. And then you, she can't come back for 24 hours. And then I'm like, well, there goes my week. Well, when Noah was at daycare, when he was Sienna's age, I used to do the thank God when they would call me when they would say that somebody bit him and he didn't bite someone. <laughs> I don't know so, which one is worse, Mom of honestly. The year. Be like, but like, is the other kid okay? Okay, great. <laughs> like, like, someone honestly, bit him? Okay, he'll be fine. <laughs> it makes them stronger. It really oh, does. He's like, very strong. <laughs> yeah. And she, oh, she loves daycare. She loves playing with all the kids. She's so happy happy there. She's so bored when she's here. I swear to God. Well, that's, I mean, Um, that's a whole other topic. And I don't know if we want to make this one of our mom chat episodes, but the sassy dietitian talks about this all the time, that there's like a stigma about around Laura Legos, I think is her name. She's wonderful. We have the same birthday. Um, But she talks about all the time how like 
you know, people have such a stigma around daycare and childcare in general and how, you know, and we were just talking about this before we started recording. Like my son is currently in preschool from 9 a.m. to 12.30 and I run two and a half businesses. (laughs) And he's going three days per week. Like if I didn't have other childcare, like how would I work? Right. How are moms expected to do? How are parents expected to do that? I don't want to limit it to moms, but like there's a stigma around childcare in general. And there's really no right answer to what's best for your child. And I think that that's like definitely a topic worth talking about at some point, if not right now. Totally. And you'll just hear all the things fly all over social media where when people, I've seen people make videos like when you send your kid to daycare, like someone else is raising your child. Like, no, they're not. Like it's literally <laughs> childcare and she's going and playing and eating. And like, I'm still raising her. Like right. what happened? What, then what happened to like, it takes a village. Like is daycare not included in that village? Mm, good point. So prepping for baby number two, one of the things that I remember again from baby number one is that dinner time and the witching hour can be pretty challenging to especially feed ourselves um, as the parents. Kids will always be fed, but as the parents, it can be difficult to find the time, the creativity, the energy to complete that task. So I am super grateful for Green Chef for taking not only the thought process out of cooking, but being so convenient, being so customizable, providing so much delicious variety and being so easy to execute. It makes that part of our day so much easier now. And I know I'm going to be so grateful for it as soon as baby arrives as well. For the convenient piece, they literally deliver everything that you need um, in the perfect portions to execute the dish for however many people that you need to feed, which again, just takes the thought process out of it. The ingredients are delicious. It's easy to execute and it is the outcome is so, so good. So if you are interested in making your nighttime routine a little bit easier or your lunch, um, or you just want to try some new recipes that are fun and different than what you are typically used to cooking, head on over to greenchef.com slash 60 fork and use code 60 fork to get 60% off plus free shipping, which is so amazing. So again, let's go to greenchef.com slash 60 fork, use code 60 fork, and you will receive 60% off plus free shipping. I'm super grateful. I recently tried their avocado toast variety and we had it for dinner and it was so good. Um, I hope you love it and can't wait to hear. I would love to ask you if you have a what the actual fork because I actually have one. (gasps) You do? Well, I have one too. I'll make mine quick so we can hear yours. I just want to call attention to the most bullshit TikTok that I've seen this week. Do Um, it. And it was a cardiologist who is a holistic cardiologist. Okay. Just keep that in mind. Nothing wrong with holistic anything. But when it comes to a cardiologist, he is talking about how oatmeal is the worst thing we can put into our bodies because our ancestors didn't eat it. 
So if our ancestors didn't eat it, we shouldn't eat it. And then he proceeds to bring you to a point on his website where you can buy his bundle of supplements because I'm positive our ancestors were popping pills of CoQ10. Okay. <laughs> like it just, the hypocrisy knows no bounds. And it's just absolutely wild to me because I think that original video has 170,000 likes on it. It has a couple million views. You're not allowed to stitch it. You can't do it. You can't share it because he has all of that turned off. Um, but he's speaking with his authority and he is, you know, talking about what he believes in so strongly. And it's just gross. Like it, it doesn't add up and it doesn't make sense. And out of all the foods to pick on, like, Oatmeal is like super high fiber. It's about 40 cents per serving. So it's super affordable for most people, many people. Um, whereas his supplement bundle, I want to go to his website, but I didn't open it. It's like $99 for three different supplements for like a month. Like, give me a break. Like, how have we not seen through this bullshit yet? Because this isn't new. This is just another person doing the same fucking thing. <laughs> yes. And I feel like oatmeal has gotten picked on a lot this a year. Lot. I remember you had another video. Um... It's the the owner of a certain um, greens powder that will not be named. That is a viral TikTok powder. Um, she was interviewing the carnivore doctor talking Wait, why about why... Wait, can't we name oatmeal. it? I don't know. I don't actually know her real name, but it's the Bloom owner. Yeah, it was Why can't about, we say fuck what is Bloom? Her name? Well, I don't know what her name is, but she was interviewing. I just found that out because a reporter from the New York Post asked me. She was like, I want to talk about the video that you stitched with the owner of Bloom. I was like, I didn't stitch a video of the owner of Bloom. And she was like, pointed it to me. And I was just like, that's her. <laughs> Like, here you go. That makes sense. Like, now this all makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's really rough out there. There come my burps. So what is your, (laughs) what is your moment? So I just got off my rescheduled podcast with the sunny side up nutritionist that I know that you and I didn't get to do together because Sienna went to the hospital. (laughs) Gotta love daycare sickness. (laughs) Speaking of. Let's bridge that daycare right in there. Um, but she's well, she all is well there, but they asked me, so we basically did a Halloween themed episode on their podcast and they asked me, and I'm curious to see if you've heard of this. I hadn't heard of it. Have you heard of the switch, Witch? no, yeah, no, I didn't know it either. All right. Let me send it to you in the chat right here. So the switch, Witch is okay. apparently a new trend going around that you And I'm sure there's different ways that parents utilize it or use it. But apparently it's after kids go trick-or-treating, they can put all their candy in a bag and then the switch witch will come and switch out their candy for a non-candy item, like a toy. Like they can trade in their candy for a toy. <laughs> so I answered my thoughts on their podcast about it, but I would love to hear your initial reaction because they they bamboozled me too. I hadn't heard about it, so it was a live this reaction is such a for joke. me. Sure is. I'm looking at this website. Give them temporary tattoos. Like, see, here's the thing. My son, this will be his third Halloween now. Okay. Third. So, and he knows what candy is. He's aware of candy now. I gave him sprinkle donuts after his first day of preschool today that he couldn't have been more excited about. Like, he's very aware of sweet 
Twitter foods or, you know, what would be considered candy and whatever else the switch yeah. witcher is talking about, right? <laughs> um, and I've talked to him about Halloween a million times and he has absolutely no interest in the candy part of Halloween. He doesn't want to dress up. I said, but when you dress up, you go to someone's house and they give you candy. I don't want candy. Okay. Like, because we don't make a big deal about it. And it's not something that he only gets on Halloween. Like he gets a couple gummy bears, a couple when he's not at school, chocolate covered peanuts, like in his lunchbox every single day. It's just like a normal part of our life and conversation. And like, he doesn't see Halloween as a day. I mean, again, he's almost three. Like there's many years down the road of children influencing him as well. But like, it's because we're making a huge deal about this candy. And that's an oversimplification because I know other, you know, I know there's nuance and things can exist that make it more complicated. But I'm like at a loss. Like, how, why why does this exist? <laughs> yes. And that's what when Anna was asking me about it on the podcast, Anna and Elizabeth, I was like, she, I think Anna had said it best. She was like, doesn't it just like completely rule out what Halloween's about? Like, why are we running around to people's house collecting candy to then give it away? And or like, like, what are the parents doing with it? So like, what a waste of food. They're throwing it away. I don't know what parents are doing it with it. And that probably depends on each parent. But so I was like, absolutely not. This is not something that I would recommend nor do. And yeah, it's just, I, I, I hadn't heard of it. I had no idea what they were talking about when they originally said switch, Witch. I was like, I don't even know what you're saying. Is that a sandwich? Like, and then I was like, Oh, switch, Witch, like W I T C H Witch. okay. Halloween, Witch. got it. I'm reading the rules on it right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that was, I, I actually said what the actual fork, I think for either that moment, if not that moment, a different one. Um, I think, and yeah. that, I think this just brings up such like a bigger conversation too, which we've had before. I think we actually had it with Claire Tuning yes. um, maybe a long time ago, but like, why aren't we looking at like a topic like this and thinking like, what is the bigger zooming out? Like, what is the bigger picture here? Like whose relationship with food really needs to be addressed here? Is it the kid or is it the parent? Yes. That's what like... like my entire thought process goes right? to because when I like when I think of my childhood, when I think of Halloween, all I think about is running around to people's houses using a pillowcase instead of like the plastic jack o' lantern because totally. we tried to get as much candy as possible. The trading wars that would happen after where you dump all your candy out on the floor, you separate it, you're like doing trades. Like you and your brother, because yes. me and my brother would fight over something. Yes. So it's like that. <laughs> is what Halloween is about. Like, that's it right there. Boom, yes. done. And and we, you know, like children are allowed to eat to a place, all humans are, but if a child eats to a place of physical unpleasantness, they need to experience that. First of all, it's normal. We still do it as adults. And children need to experience that to learn for themselves if it's, an amount of candy that doesn't feel pleasant. And, and it's, yes. Ugh. 
any food because it's yes, so funny not you say that. My son is obsessed with the Trader Joe's caramelized onion dip. Like it's so good, but he's obsessed with it to the point where like my husband can't even watch him eat it because he'll like take a chip and like put like two tablespoons of the dip on the chip and just eat the dip off of it. It's like straight sour cream. It's delicious. But Matt, Matt said to me the other day, like, you're letting him like eat out of the container. Like he's going to finish the container. And I'm like, we've talked about this every time he eats or while he's eating. Like I will make comments like, you know, sometimes too much of our favorite thing can make our bellies hurt. Like, how does your belly feel? Like I'm having him, you know, check in with himself. And I'm like, he needs to learn this lesson. That's like, he's two and a half. I'm like, I'm fully aware how old he is. Thank you. I know what his birthday is. Like he needs to learn this for himself and he's not too young to do so. So like, I think that when we talk to clients today, you know, in both of our practices, I'm sure, you know, your experience is your greatest teacher. And how amazing could it be if your experience could go back to age two and a half and how much you could learn from that? Totally. Totally. And I've seen people, because obviously Sienna's only 15 months right now, like, but I've seen people like yourself or even just a little bit older, especially when they're way more communicative, like be able to say like, oh, this hurts my belly. If you know, and because they know they They and they trust, you know, because they know what feeling like normal or just like hungry or even satisfied. Like they know what that feels like. They know it more than we do because they don't have the interruption of diet culture surrounding them ever. Um, so I think it's, wow. Like that really shook me the switch, Witch. thank you. Okay. So I know I've talked a lot about pregnancy, prepping for the hospital, packing my hospital bag, but I have not talked too much about some of the things that I experienced postpartum the first time around that I am definitely getting prepared for the second time around. And one of them is night sweats. And it occurred to me the other night when I was not sleeping, when I should have been, that if I have night sweats pretty bad postpartum with this baby, and I only have one set of cozy earth sheets, what will I do? So in the middle of the night, I ordered a brand new set of cozy earth sheets because literally I can't even describe it to you. I just feel like I sleep so much better with my head on those pillows, those soft, beautiful pillows and my body on those sheets. So I I can't even describe to you just the the feeling that I have and the better sleep that I get while I am sleeping on my cozy earth. So again, in the middle of the night, I ordered a new set of cozy earth sheets and I highly recommend you do the same whether you have night sweats or not. Um, So if you are interested in giving them a try, which I highly recommend, and I know Sam does too, Cozy Earth has provided an exclusive offer for our listeners today with 35% off site-wide when you use code FORK. In addition to the incredible sheets, they have the best joggers, the best cozy clothes, and they are just the best luxury bedding ever. Um, Enjoy them and I will keep you updated. Now, uh, the blog I just sent you was from October 22nd, 2021, which makes me think I have no idea how long this concept has been out How did there. we miss this? <laughs> I don't know. But the fact I was like, well, I don't think it went viral on TikTok because I feel like we would have seen it at some point. Right. 
Um, people, are, I guess, aren't talking about it because you hopefully know. people aren't really doing it. Like, Maybe that's it. <laughs> like I think people are like, no, like I, I want the candy. Like as the adult, like I want the candy in the right. house too. I, that's my hope. But last year when Noah went trick or treating, I was so happy. I was like, pick out the orange one for mommy because I like the Reese's. Like, <laughs> see, you and Luke are the same. I am like the queen of Sour Patch Kids shock tarts. Um, shock literally tarts. Wow, have a bag a of Scandinavian swimmers right at my side today. That so, was a big pregnancy craving for me, though. Um, sour really? Patch watermelons. Oh, I love those. I remember you put up a story. Your friend had those at their wedding. And oh those my are like God. my favorite. It was like the cutest little giveaways. It was like his favorite, her favorite. And his That's favorite cute. was the gummy bear, or the Sour Patch watermelons. And hers were Reese's. So I was like in heaven. I was, I, was, I took one of each. Yes. That is such a good idea. Like a favor. Right? Okay. Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh. Well, where do we go from here, Jenna? You know, we could leave our guests here with a... A sweet reminder to enjoy your Halloween this year. Yeah. And I think a great thing we could do, we'll link in the show notes, our previous episode with Claire tuning because she did an amazing job of breaking down candy, restriction, binging, basically how to not feel out of control around candy. So we've had those conversations on this podcast. And I feel like every time we have Claire on, we're like, oh my God, we love how you talk. (laughs) Yeah. We just are obsessed with Claire. So I feel like let's just dig that up from the archive and, and bring it front and center because it has all of the Halloween information you could ever need. And there's, um, I want to call attention to, to that. There's a video or a post so, okay. So something I posted recently, like on the candy conversation was I posted how my son was really obsessed with for a little while having ice pops with breakfast and something that like, I really want parents to think about when this happens besides all of the other tips and, you know, the understanding of intuitive eating for kids and really just following their lead and all the things we've already talked about. You know, the reality is, is that, and I was thinking about this the other day, like it's kind of better to have them eating their sweeter foods in the morning or at lunchtime or even before dinner, not the last thing they eat for the rest of the day, because the energy that they're getting from the candy, the ice pop, the ice cream, whatever it is, is going to fuel their activity better suited in the morning <laughs> than right before bed. Bedtime is hard enough. <laughs> like We don't need to give them a shot of glucose like, to right keep them up. Bed, right? So like I was thinking about that the other day, like, you know, obviously, and then people wrote some really great things on my post that was like, cause it was somebody saying like, well, an ice pop's not a breakfast food. So like I'm blah, blah whatever the person said. But like the reality is, is that in other cultures, there's no such thing as breakfast foods. Like they're eating different types of foods throughout the day. Um, And when you think about it from like a very realistic zoomed out perspective, allowing them to have that energy earlier in the day, honestly, is better suited for the rest of your day versus teaching them truly what 
dessert means and give and making that only be an after dinner consumption thought. Does yes, that make sense? Make, yeah, and making them well, the same. Let's let's loop this into adulthood, Go. right? Okay. The exact same thing, obviously, is true for adults as it is as children. But in adulthood, or aka diet culture, you say I'm going to air quotes be good and not eat carbohydrates or sweets or whatever you want to call it all day long, and you restrict yourself, and then you get home, and then you feel out of control, and then you're eating tons of these carbohydrate foods or you know tons of sugar, high sugar foods, whatever it is. And you feel unpleasant and it's right before bed. So it's like, Oh wait, what if we incorporated these throughout our entire day to give our bodies energy? Because that's what carbohydrates are. Not only would we feel more pleasant physically, mentally, and emotionally, but you might find that come the end of the day, you're not looking to shove them in as quickly as possible. And so Wow, could we start that in childhood? That would be great. <laughs> like not putting it's the legitimate best way to describe it is the um food neutrality. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. It's the exa- I would react the exact same way if he asked for an ice pop as I would if he asked for a piece of cheese, which I wish he asked for because he used to eat cheese all the time and now he won't eat it. That's so. how Sienna is. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. So let me ask from mom to mom. Okay. I have 15 month old. When did you start? I know like not from like a choking perspective. Cause like she can't have a gummy bear yet. She, her teeth are still coming in that kind of stuff because of choking. When did you start implementing the, the more sugary foods or the more dessert like foods to let Noah have those whenever he wanted? Honestly, it wasn't really until he started going to like a birthday party, like that okay. he even understood that they existed. And I was going to say, Sienna doesn't know yeah. what exists. Yet. Right. And I mean, right. there after one, so like she had her smash cake or whatever at her birthday mm-hmm. party, I'm sure she loved it, but it's not really like an everyday thing yet, but it becomes it as like their TV changes and they're mm-hmm. talking about it on TV. Um, so I would say probably closer to two mm-hmm. was really when it became like a thing. And our babysitter actually would take Noah out for munchkins and he started to like like he knows what a Dunkin' Donuts sign is. Like the Munchkin store. I'm like, I didn't teach you that. <laughs> but like he can recognize it everywhere. Um, so he started being like more aware of those types yeah. of things. And it really wasn't until closer to two is when I would pinpoint it. So like that makes sense. Introducing it whenever you're comfortable with it. I mean, he definitely had candy last Halloween and he would have been his birthday's in January, October. He would have been almost two. So Okay. It was definitely like more of a thing where it was like, try what you want, take whatever you want. And like, he couldn't give a flying fuck about it, yeah. but it was not like a, you know, you have no idea what this is and let's keep it that way kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say my answer would be closer to two, like 20 months, maybe that makes you got time. Sense. Yeah. And I think it's like, I like exactly what you said, just 
is a valid point. Like they don't care because because they don't have morality tied to food. So having a munchkin versus an egg versus a blueberry versus a piece of bread, like sure, they taste different. They have different nutrient quality, but a kiddo doesn't know that you think you're a good person or bad person for eating certain things like diet culture tells us. So it makes total sense. So I think it was a Feeding Littles post where it was like, why will my kid always consistently want the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup? Let's just go on that trajectory. I think it was actually like a Triscuit or a Wheat Thin. But like some days they'll really want fruit and some days they'll hate it. And I love this image because it's like a picture of like four different blueberries and it's like squishy, sweet, sour, ripe, not ripe. Like all the different things that fruit in general can taste like, because they're not consistent because they're not Mm -hmm. the same, right? Like they taste different every single time that you purchase them. And like a kid is learning that like, these are things we know. Like if you bite into an apple and you're like, this is a terrible apple, like, you know, that's not every apple from now on, but like your kid at whatever age they are, they don't know that. And then it's like no more apples. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's also like something to kind of like weave through and learn and figure out as you go with your kids also. But it's funny because my husband is like learning this as we go. And he said the other day, like I gave Noah, I think it was a donut or a cookie or whatever it was. I think it was actually ice cream. We went out for an ice cream date at like five o'clock, let's say. Um, and he was finishing whatever he was finishing of his ice cream as he walked in the door. And my husband was like, you gave him that before dinner, like the whole thing. And I'm like, whatever. And no, you're like, listen here, Matt. Do you listen to what the actual fork podcast (laughs) you dick? Um, but then Noah came in, I was like, buddy, what do you want for dinner? And he listed off strawberries, cucumbers, and chicken. And I was like, perfect. And Matt, I kind of just like looked at Matt and I was like, any more questions? <laughs> like, Because he doesn't know the difference. Like he doesn't know that ice cream is not an everyday food. He doesn't know that strawberries are an everyday food, right? Like that's, I think the power of that, your ability to keep food neutral. And I think that that's really cool. That is really cool. I quoted yeah. you on the interview today about the post you did with the ice cream cone and how you gave it to Noah, and then like, like he was just like holding <laughs> just it, like, basically, like, just like a win. Yeah, right? like, yeah. And it's like that. It's because they don't have morality associated to food like we do as adults. No matter how bad we we, and again, we can heal our relationships with food. We can unpack it all, but we still know diet culture is all around us. And the more that we can keep kids in that neutral bubble, the longer we can keep them in that bubble, the better off their relationship with food is going to be. So. Couldn't agree more. So happy early holiday season, everyone. Keep this in mind as we're moving through all of the different food scenarios that are coming up. Yes. Um, And there's also no shame if or guilt associated if you haven't parented this way. Maybe you have four kids and the first three, it's completely different. There's still time and opportunity to create change if that's something that you want to do. Um, I think that's really important too. I read a post actually yesterday that was like, this is not intended to shame parents that didn't do this. But if you have space to add this in now, like here are some whatever it was for. Um, And I think that's a really great reminder too, because we have plenty of things that we feel guilt about all day long. And like, this doesn't need to be part of it. But once you know better, you can do better. Love that. Love that. So 
I think that's it. I was going to say, so I think we can leave it right there. We can go back to Claire Tuning's episode for more. If you're looking for more of the Halloween content and we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all of your friends and faves, and don't forget to rate and review and let us know what you want to hear more of. The more we hear from you, the more that we can make these episodes exactly what you want. We would also love to connect with you on Instagram at whattheactualforkpod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for more fun.